Welcome to Unlawyerly, where we talk about life, the pursuit of happiness, and some law. This is Ramin. It's time to get unlawyerly. So let me just jump right into it. I have a confession to make. I did something unlawyerly. Now, I know that there are lawyers who are listening to this podcast. And before you start thinking about what ethics violation has Ramin committed or thinking to your ethics bar class from law school, let me just pause you right there and say it's not that serious. Before we go into what was this unlawyerly act that I did, let me share a story with you all. This story centers around a boy in the 1980s. This boy came to the U.S. as refugees, and as is often the case with refugees, they're trying to pick up the pieces that their lives lost and rebuild, at least here in the United States in America, searching for that American dream. And it was not any different for this particular boy. Yes, he was relatively young, but for him, that American dream translated into doing well in school. And he did well in school. Associated with that was recognition for doing well. And this feeds into starting a definition of success. The boy did well in school, ended up getting good grades, and he got recognized for it. For him, that was part of that American dream, part of that definition of success. So as he continued to do well, he graduated as valedictorian and ended up going to a well-ranked university. And as is often the case in college or university, you meet strange people. You meet people who challenge your ideas and thoughts and hopefully change your perspective for the better. On one particular night, this boy was out with his group of friends, and they were coming back to their dorms. When one of his close friends asked him, how do you define success? This startled the boy. Because for him, his definition of success was formed through hard work, getting good grades, coming into a well-ranked university, and hopefully starting a career. So he looked at his friend and said, well, I define success like any other person. Do well, get good grades, go to a good university, get a good job, move up the corporate ladder, start a couple of businesses, you know, get recognized for it, have prestigious titles. But then he paused in the middle of answering the question. He said, wait, how do you define success? His friend looks at him and gives him an answer. And the answer takes the boy back even more so than the question presented. Now, some of you may be listening to this and now wondering, what was his friend's answer? And what I'll say is, we'll get to that in a little bit. The boy just didn't know what to make of his friend's answer. But life continued. He ended up doing well again in college graduated, and started his career. But the thing was, as he was moving on in his life, still working with that same definition of success, yes, check the box, he went to a good school, he got a good job, he ended up starting his own business, he ended up also going to law school and changing his career. 
through each aspect of it, there was a sense of unsatisfaction, not being necessarily happy. Now, don't get me wrong. The boy had ephemeral happiness you know, when he graduated, when he got the job, when he changed careers. But there was still something within him that was unquenched, that was causing him to crave more. And he always thought back to his friend's question, how do you define success? Because he realized at least the way that he had defined success was still causing him to just not be satisfied, even though he was doing what normally anybody would think as doing right to succeed, to do well. Now let's stop here and let's go back to what I initially had started off with, that unlawyerly action by my part. Now, for those of you who maybe do not know me, I am a lawyer and I had a dream job working in what most lawyers want, not all, most lawyers, big law. I was a power lawyer. Now, you're thinking Ramina self-proclaiming himself as a power lawyer, but let me add a little bit more. I was a lawyer that focused on renewable energy. So I focused on energy. I focused on power, hence a power lawyer. And I did have a dream job. And it's interesting because when I went to law school around that time, let me share a little story about that first day of law school. They brought us in, and this was an evening program, so you had a lot of working students, including myself. They brought us into this auditorium, and the school that I went to was relatively small. And they told us, look to your left and look to your right. These people are not going to have a job. They're not going to be employed. So right there, you had an awakening experience. What did I get myself into? Well, fortunately, I was able to place myself in big law. And I was able to live that dream job, work in a big city, work in those buildings with the view, and had that prestigious title of being considered a big law lawyer. But after working about six years, I decided to leave big law. And not only that, I decided that I was going to retire at 36. Now, let's pause. I know what most of you are probably thinking right now. Ramin, you retiring at 36 years old. And trust me, I've seen and heard it all from my close friends even. You're probably taking a sabbatical. You're taking some time off. Call it what you want. But here I am speaking to you all, still retired. And the question that I often got from most of my friends and most colleagues and people was, how are you able to retire at 36 constantly? How are you able to do it? What did you do? What's your secret? You have to stop and tell them, well, you're forgetting one big aspect of it. Why? Why did I leave big law? Why did I leave this dream job? And why did I decide to retire at 36, where most people are reaching the peak of their career potential? And that why is extremely important because that is the foundation for executing a how. If you don't have a proper foundation for the why, no matter how much you plan, you're not going to get to the how. 
And so this is what prompted Unlawyerly, where we talk about everything but the law. Well, we'll also talk about some law too. But for this first series, I wanted to focus on how do you define success? Then I'll go into the why. Why did I leave big law? And why did I retire, decide to retire at 36? And that part of it's tied to the creation of a value system, which I'll also go into. Then, of course, I'll get to what most people are wanting to know. How was I able to do it? And finally, we'll close off with lessons learned. Now, that story I told you all about earlier, the story of that boy who came here in the 1980s with his family, as I'm sure most of you, and especially those of my friends who are listening from grade school, thank you for joining and thank you for joining me in another journey of something that I'm, I'm doing. That was in part my story. I did come here as a refugee from Afghanistan in the 1980s. And I was relatively young. But even at that young age, I knew that I wanted to take part in this American dream. This country was basically what I knew at an early age and what I still know. And so for me, early on, I had to do well with doing law school. It wasn't necessarily my definition of success wasn't necessarily tied to money. It was tied to recognition, prestige. And in school, as I started to gain that, as I started to do well, and I did graduate as valedictorian, and I did go to a very well-ranked university. For me, it became more of how much more can I do than the average person? How many balls can I juggle at the same time to be able to reach my potential? And yes, the money, the career, the house, the cars, all of that was going to come into it. But for me, my definition of success was really tied into how much more can I do than the average person? How much better could I do it? How many balls could I juggle at the same time? I.e., How many things could I have to on? And when I was in university, one of my close friends, who I still keep in touch with, he asked me for me what was a very profound question, because still to this day, I still have that question. Hence why my life trajectory has also changed. How do you define success? And I found that at that point in time, I still remember it that night as, as clear as me speaking to you all right now. I still remember very clearly him asking me and me just wondering what is wrong with this guy? What does he know that I do not? And I will eventually share what his answer was. But for me, it just, it left me unsettled because to me, it started to change my perspective. But I still continued life. I still graduated uh, top of my class. And in school, I decided I wanted to be a business major. Why? Because look, for some of you who are liberal arts students, for me, I just realized I wanted to get a job right out of school. And I knew that liberal arts was probably going to take a little bit more time and nothing against going to liberal arts. I think it's fascinating and you should really do what you are interested in. But for me, it was business. So I started my career as a CPA. And just to kind of give you an idea as far as what I was talking about by doing more than the average person, taking the CPA exam, it's a one-year exam. For me, I decided I was going to do it in three months and I did with flying colors. And when I started my career as a CPA, my definition of success was starting to transform a little bit because I started off my career in big form and I was very 
grateful that I was able to jumpstart my career again because it did open up a lot of opportunities. But when I looked at everybody around me, they were just unhappy. And I just realized that that's not what I want. So I decided to change my career. I even decided to start my own business. But that still wasn't enough. I just felt unsatisfied. I felt like I needed to do more. So eventually, at a certain point, I decided that I was going to go into law school. And I was going to go to law school in the evenings. And just going to give you a little glimpse as far as what my life was like at that point. So often when you're going to law school, it's, it's a big deal because it's a lot of work. You have to put a lot of time and effort. Most people go in the day program. I didn't, obviously. I, I continued to work full-time. But my first year of law school, I was working full-time, going to law school in the evenings. For some reason, I decided to also be an adjunct professor. I had my own business. And sure enough, at that point, I was married. My wife and I had our first child. To say the least, there was a lot going on. But that was part of my definition of success. How much can Ramin do at once? And I did it well. It's not that I was lacking in any part, but for me, it was just juggling a lot. And most people, when they heard it, they said, wow, you're crazy. You got a lot going on. How do you do it? And I told them, look, it really has to do with time management. But as I was checking the boxes of what I saw as definition of success, I just felt like I needed to continue to do more. And so I kept moving with it. But so where did that take me? Well, eventually it brought me here because that question of how do you define success kept lurking in the back of my mind and kept coming up the front of my mind. At a point, I was making a lot of money. I had the house. I had the cars. I had the family. I had the title. I was moving up. I had my own business. But what was I not doing right? What was the thing that was unsettled? Because a lot of people looking from the outside in, this was the dream. This was the American dream, especially for someone who came in as a refugee. But that question was something that I kept asking. And what was happening was I was starting to form a different value system. I was starting to change that definition of success. It was something, to be honest, that was done for the better. So what we're going to do is next time we're going to talk about the why. Why did I leave big law and why did I decide to retire at 36? And part of that's going to be creating that value system that is really the foundation for executing whatever your how may be. One thing that I will leave you all with is in order for us to be able to change our external, we have to start with changing our internal because our external is always going to be dynamic. It's always going to be changing, but we have to start making that shift within our own hearts to be able to see the outside reality in the way that we want. I want to thank you all for joining me. And unlawyerly, please catch me on Instagram at unlawyerly with Ramin. You can also check us out on our website, unlawyerly.com. Until next time, my name is Ramin, and it has been Unlawyerly. Thanks again for joining, and we'll catch you on the next episode.